it's time. Have you had a lo Whoa, that was loud. Have you had a lovely meal? Yes. Who could identify the smells? Hands up. With a dry ice, it was meant to be a smell thing going on. I'm going to pick on Owen Teal. It was, it was blowing that way. He's <laughs> blaming the air conditioning. So the first, you know, the dry ice sequence was about the smell of the, our beautiful coastline, obviously. And the second one, I believe, was about grassland and forest and so on. Was that successful? Yeah. Say yes. Thank you very much. Thank you. Now then, as a mad taff, I have got my hat. This is all about Come on Cymru So I want it all together now One, two, three Come on Absolutely right Okay, so I am beyond excited And I have already met Wayne Pippack and Stephen Jones And Shane Williams Oh my god, I could faint with joy uh, But tonight is about creative whales And sporting whales So um, we have One, two, three, four I'm good at maths uh, guests lined up, uh, our wonderful actress Joanna Scanlon and then Shane and Stephen and Wayne Pebbuck, uh, obviously to talk about Saturday, which is important to all of us. Are there any English people in here, by the way? <laughs> One, two, you're not, you're Welsh now. You can be like Welsh tonight. You're wearing red, young lady, so you are definitely Welsh. Um, so the first thing that I want to do is introduce a film which is about the creative side of Wales, because obviously the Welsh Government has invested uh, massively in this in terms of awareness and so on. And uh, as we know, what was the biggest rated show on terrestrial television last year? Gavin and Stacey! Gavin and Stacey, yes! 18 million or 20 million viewers. It was like double the next show. Um, which is like about nine or ten million. So, uh, Gavin and Stacey, Barry Island, tidy. Yeah. It was fantastic. So, um, uh, uh, we're here to talk about Creative Wales, first of all. Um, is a hugely successful actress. Now, uh, somebody was asked me yesterday morning about, oh, so what's Joanna done? And I went, well, for a start, she was BAFTA nominated in the thick of it, and then she did the thing, it was like the sun went down before I finished all her credits. She is that successful and uh, that wanted and treasured in uh, the industry. So here she is, uh, her latest role is as uh, Mother Superior. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> in Dracula, please welcome the wonderful Joanna Scanlon. Hiya. Hello, you. Hi. Hello, oh, It's nice sitting here. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. You can yeah. see what you're doing here. I feel like you come home somehow. You've come home, but you're in London. I know. <laughs> That's what Wales Week is all about. Now, yeah. your history. So you and I have never met before this evening. It's incredible, we? actually. I know. Because we both grew up in uh, uh, Gogleth in the north and lived about five miles away from each other. Yeah. So I was Denby. Yes. And you were Rithin. Yes. So you're born in the Wirral. Well, yes. you say it. I don't I mean, I know. <laughs> I was it, born in the Wirral. Yeah, I was born in the Wirral. My parents, um, my great grandmothers had come from Wales to go and work in um, putting slate roofs onto houses in Liverpool. Oh. 
Um, <laughs> and so my mother always had this hiraith. She was very, very keen to go back through her you know, ancestral roots to get back to Wales. So she managed to have me and then my brother, who's sitting right there. When, Hello, and brother. He was, he, Hello. That's Patrick. Hello. Hello. Who's and, now in Bangor. <laughs> yeah, who's yeah. now in Bangor. Yeah. And he, uh, she said, right, that's it. I've had enough. We're going back to Wales when, when we, I was three and he was one and a half. Yeah. And so we went to a tiny village, Babell, yeah. near Hollywell. Does anyone know Babell? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's where... So I had the first... My first portion of living in Wales was in the absolute rural idyll, the dream that, that everybody would love, in the hills, with animals, on a farm. You know, it was very, very, very perfect. And I went to school in the Bridgetine Convent in Denby, which was run by the Bridgetine Order About of Irish About yards away from where I live. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, and that's where acting began for me. Because um, anybody here had any connections with the Bridgetine Convent in the 1960s? <laughs> <laughs> because speak now. If you have, you will have, you will have bought a ticket to what was known throughout the county as the best pantomime you could possibly go to. Um, and <laughs> um, <laughs> my um, headmistress was a woman called Mother Dolores, who was showbiz crazy. So as a tiny Mother talk, Dolores. I was there from I was there from the age of four, and she used to get. Uh, I kid, she Irish. Kid you not, she was very very Irish. Very yeah. Irish yeah. She got. Uh, a, a, a dance teacher and a singing and elocution teacher up from London every Tuesday to Hello? come and train us. Into you know, I mean, she wanted us all to turn out into be West End Wendy's. Um, and so my first ever performance was as a panda in a pantomime, and it, it kind of went from there. <laughs> um, and it was really, really extraordinary. Kind of academic work suspended for the whole of the autumn term, in order that this event could happen. The whole of the yeah, autumn term. Yeah, it was really serious, very serious. So no wonder um, their academic results weren't great at Bridget yeah. Incumbent, really, was it? No, no, they weren't. No, they, they weren't. They, weren't. <laughs> they were known for it. She was also, she would smoke and drink in front. This is, how, this is going out, isn't it, on some sort of no. video feed somewhere. No. Um, and she would slap our ankles with her little um, stick at the bottom of the stage to make sure we danced properly. And then I went on to Howell School, Denby, which is also a very, um, very good school in terms yeah, of drama, is, yeah. drama and music. I mean, Wales is the land of song. It is yeah. the land of experiencing, not, 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 in, not in the sense of putting on a show, which was more what was happening at the Bridgetine, but it's the Welsh tradition of participation in <laughs> In music, in song, in sport, in at the outdoor life. Those to be a part of something. To be part of something. Yeah. And that's, you know, my drama teacher from Howells, Miss Betty Lowe, she's still alive. She must be approaching 100. She's still the chairman of the, um, the Amateur Dramatic Society in Tlangochlan. <laughs> and I can't tell you that it's not a day goes by when I'm doing my job when I don't think of something she told me it to is do. I mean, I, on a serious note, it is interesting about how much people put in. We're going to be talking about rugby, obviously, uh, because the game in two days' time. And, and 
we talk about the community, you know, all the, the, the villages and the small towns where all of you, LSU and, and, and all of the players and Shane, where you all start at that level and you remember those teachers, don't you? It, it, and it, it, but it, it's, interesting. it's interesting if you go on to have a career in a profession and you do amazingly well as you have, you know, been this huge person Smoke in mirrors. our landscape all these yeah. years, you still... For me, I don't know how you feel about it, it's still about the participation. I'm still yes, doing it, yeah. not because I get paid and yeah. not because anybody else might notice, but you just really because I learned early on that the doing of it makes life worth living. Yeah, yeah, well done, yes, I quite agree. Now, I do, I, I genuinely do think, having lived in England for 40 years, going home now, um, that... That whole thing, is, it's a very Welsh thing. I was talking to Shane earlier, and it's about, you know, where we come from, and it means so much to us. I mm. think possibly, I mean, sorry, English people, but I do think that it, it's something that is absolutely Welsh. Mm. I really do. Mm. It's about the town you're from. You feel this pride in it. And that's something I, th I uh, you know, how do you feel about Wales Week in London? Because you've lived in London a long time, yeah, because that's yeah. where your work has been, hasn't yeah. it? So. I mean, I've worked a lot in Wales and, you know, as well, but it, it's, I feel, I feel you start life with a dream, uh, a hope yeah. and a dream. And when you grow up in rural North Wales, as we did, or small town North yeah. Wales, um, that dream has to be fostered somehow. And for, for me, it was a, when they built Theatre Cluid in, yeah. I don't know what year it was, and the BFI... In Mould. In yeah. uh, and the BFI started running programmes of interesting films there, which, I mean, we would always go to... We'd go to the Odeon and Rill for everything we could possibly get, for James we Bonds, etc., you know. Um, but when they started doing that, my brother will remember this, we used to drive, as soon as we could drive, or we get our parents to drive, to these extraordinary, exotic, you know, Visconti seasons. Or I remember we saw black exploitation films, this sort of thing. So that was beyond our ken completely, but it was dropped in, and it gave you an idea. There was, there was an, another place and another world out there. And I, I think I feel pretty torn about... I wanted to get out of that. I wanted to go and do and see as much as I possibly can, participate in society as much as I possibly can, could. But it's still, I didn't want to spoil yeah. what is my sense of Wales at the same time. Yeah. I wanted to keep, protect that. And I don't know if anybody else feels that sense of, um, this whole week is about, about sharing our experience as Welsh people. But do we also want to keep it special? and not have it spoilt. <laughs> but it's a, it's, it's a sort of feeling of protecting and going out at the yeah. same time, because the values that I grew up with, I don't want to lose them. You know, yeah. I want to keep that. I don't want that to be diluted. Would you agree with that? No. That you yeah. don't want it to be diluted? No, of course not. No, you don't want it to be diluted. We open out and we treat everybody. Yeah. An international nation. Yes. All this here is a load of rubbish. No, it is not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so stupid, I'm so stupid. That is the cultural policy of this world's government. Outwards. Well, here we are, out, out in that land. Absolutely, absolutely right. 
Now, I want to talk to you about creative works, because obviously, I, I mean, many of us watched The Accident most recently, probably, yeah. um, which, was, which was traumatic to watch for all sorts of implications that it had. Could you just explain to those people who didn't see it what it was? Uh, the Accident, anybody see it here? It was a Channel 4 drama written by Jack Thorne, who, um, and it, it was about an event that took place in a, in a Welsh village, former mining <coughs> village, uh, where a group of children were killed, maimed, um, most of them killed because of an, an act of negligence. So it was about how the families went then to get, uh, their, get justice in a corporate manslaughter charge. So it sounds a bit boring when you say corporate manslaughter, but actually it was a hugely oh, dramatic amazing. story and yeah. a lot about the you, were, you played one of the mothers. I Sarah did. Lancashire was uh, one of the mothers as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was said so that was obviously filmed in South Wales in the Valley. Yes, yes, it? yes. Although when I went in for the audition for it, it was set in North Wales. Oh. And I thought, oh, that's really interesting. Oh, of course, I was delighted. Yeah. Um, but... Then they, I think it's because production out of Cardiff is so huge now. They've got su such huge crews, cast availabilities, um, everything is at a high level, studios, locations, everything. So I think they moved it to South Wales because of yes, that, yeah. because it made sense, you know, in terms of production. But there was something about the story I thought, oh, I, I, I would have liked it to have been carried on being yeah. set in North Wales. Yeah. yeah. But it was... You know, it, it is set in a Welsh valley. Yeah, areas. and it is fantastic. So it's like Eve Miles in Keeping Faith, obviously in both languages. Yeah. And uh, and now Sean Rhys Williams in uh, The Hidden, is it called? Yes. Yeah, which is fantastic. Hidden, yeah. yeah, in both languages. Yeah. Um, and that's something that's very new. And it's, it's kind of interesting, really, to watch it in English and then watch it in Welsh, because I'm a Welsh learner. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a brilliant that. idea, isn't it? Yeah, I don't I know why... It, yeah, well done, whoever thought of that. Yeah, shooting it, because I think what they do is they just... You do the scene in English, then you do the scene in Welsh. Yeah, that's you right. Do the scene in English, do the scene in Welsh. And yeah. that, I mean, presumably, you know, that doesn't actually take up very many more resources no. than, it, than it would Fantastic. do otherwise. It's brilliant. So um, what are your hopes, then, for the creative industry in Wales? I guess, um, I, I suppose I believe that everything comes from the writing. So it's about, I, I think for me, it would be about hoping that writers start to tell their stories, their modern contemporary stories of their lives, which, which isn't exclusive. They are Welsh, they live in Wales, but it's not exclusively about being Welsh no. necessarily. That's just a given, isn't it? Yeah. And get those stories to engage at the highest level internationally. And, you know, uh, uh, I, I find the barriers around, well, with it, they're being broken down by that kind of way of shooting, but uh, any barriers around what happens in Welsh radio, Welsh television, etc., and English television, ridiculous, really. It's absolutely absurd. Yeah. That it seems to me that, that we need loads and loads of availability of those stories. But I think it starts with the writer. So it's really about saying, write your, write your stories, and then the rest will follow. And the rest will follow. Wonderful. Well, stay with us, Joanna. Are you a rugby girl? Ish, ish. <laughs> I, 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 it's, I, I'd say I, say, I only say ish because I was never asked to play it. 
Ah, they are. And now. I never really truly understand Fantastic. a sport until I've played it. Now that's perfect. So, um, as a spectator, yes, but not as a participant. Okay. Well, listen hard. They'll be glad not point. to have me on the pitch. <laughs> Thank you so much, Joanna Scanlon. So now I'm delighted to say we have the boy from Glen Amman. Uh, the most cut winger in our history, our record try scorer, and the only, only Wales player so far to be named World Rugby Player of the Year, IRB at the time, but World Rugby Player of the Year. One of our greatest heroes on the field, the one and only Shane Williams. <laughs> We're still kutching. We're yeah. still kutching. We're still kutching. Yeah. That's quite some list, Shane, isn't it? Uh, do you ever feel the pressure, you know, when, or do you think, oh, I've done that now, I can breathe out? No, it's harder doing this than playing against the old <laughs> I doubt it, somehow. So you're a broadcaster now? Uh, yes. <laughs> I've, I've been switched from pundit to commentator now because because I'm getting older and the face doesn't quite fit <laughs> TV anymore. Face through radio, as yeah. I say. Yeah, that's the same for me, too. <laughs> so in this fantastic career, and it is just extraordinary, and you know, and I know you're a very modest person and you don't want to talk about, you know, well, we're playing all of that. Um, but what were the highlights? Did those, did those uh, commendations mean much to you, or was it the game itself, and was it about Wales for you? I, it was about all, everything, really. Um, as any youngster growing up, uh, the, the only thing I can, for as long as I can remember, the only thing I ever wanted to do was play rugby for Wales. Um, you know, From my, what age were you conscious oh God, of it? About eight to nine years of really? age. Um, it's exactly the same for my son now. It's exactly the How same for my best shown? mate. Uh, he's 10 now. Yeah. He's 10, and he's been playing rugby Maybe it's four years now. So he's been playing since he's six. Yeah. But that's that's the norm. That that's what happens in the in the, certainly where I'm from in the valley, so to speak. Um, but everything I've I've done, uh, whether it be starting a junior rugby all the way to finishing my international career at the Millennium Stadium, you know, ups and downs, good times, bad times. I wouldn't change any of it. It's yeah. it's been a blast. And so that. you wouldn't say there was this one game then. Um, <coughs> excuse me. No, not not really. Obviously, having your having your first cap is is incredible. Um, but mixed emotions for me for my first cap because my first cap was at the Millennium Stadium. Very nervous, loved every second of it. But my first touch was an interception pass to Emil Intermac. So, um, <laughs> so it wasn't the start I wanted to be honest. With you. And uh, and seeing his son score the interception last week was well brought back memories. But. Um, but that's how rugby goes. So, you know, mixed emotions on that day. But I was very privileged to play rugby for a long time. Like I say, had my ups and downs, wouldn't change any of it. And also had the privilege of, of finishing my international career at the Millennium Stadium, Principality Stadium, as sorry, it now, as yeah. it is now, uh, against Australia in 2011, where I scored in the last second of the game. So, you know, all of it, I remember every single second of my international Did rugby. In the back. In, in my head. Uh, <laughs> in you? my head, yeah. Um, you know, it's... It, yeah, I, I do. I, I still... At times, I'm watching the Welsh, the Welsh game and watching Wales against France last week, and my wife had to tell me in the end just to shut up and sit still. 
because my ankle, my, my feet you were tapping, like, and I was I was basically on the field with the lads. Uh, I, I relive it every time Wales play. I relive it every time the Ospreys play. I relive it, relive it sorry, every Sunday morning watching my boy play. Um, you know, I miss it. I miss going out onto the, onto the stadium. I miss the atmosphere. I miss singing the national anthem. I miss the camaraderie. I miss the crack with the boys. You know, it's, yeah. it's a big part of my life, really. And, uh, you know, if, if I could turn back time uh, a little bit, I'd go back and do it all again. Would you? So can I turn back down to 2008? And we're talking, obviously, about Twickenham this week. And um, <coughs> I do, be, uh, well, Wales beat England for the first time in, like, 16, 17 years or so, at Twickenham. Yeah, it was a while, yeah. Yeah, it was a, bit, it was a big gig, wasn't it? Mm. And Gats had said, we're all going back to the Vale. Yeah. Yeah, so you all went back to the Vale. Yeah. You have hollow legs. Yeah. You know this is going. I know where this you is know? going. <laughs> he has hollow legs, by the way. Is that right? Well, So you were, you were tanking it a bit. Is it right? Well, we just beaten England, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly, exactly. So yeah. what happened at about two o'clock in the morning with you and Gats? Um, yeah, it was... Yeah, thanks for this one, Carol. Uh, <laughs> it's going ever so well. I, um, obviously, it was, it was one of Gats's first games and we'd just beaten England in Twickenham. So Gats being Gats said, look, um, you, you've got to celebrate tonight. You know, it's not often this happens. So that's like a red rag to a bull when it comes to me, unfortunately. <laughs> so we had a couple of beers and... Uh, it was a short turnaround, so we had to go back to the Vale Hotel in Cardiff. And uh, so we'd had a few more beers on the bus, got back to the Vale, and uh, a couple of us noticed that there was a party upstairs in the Vale. So we thought it'd be rude not to go up and say hello. <laughs> we went up and had a few more beers. Um, next thing, Sunday morning, I wake up on my, on my bed fully clothed, um, which is not always a good sign, to be honest with you. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I thought nothing of it. Got changed, put my tracks on because we had pool recovery, as you do in the Sunday morning. So, went to the pool, jumped in the, in the hot tub, and all the lads were there already waiting. And as I jumped in, I knew straight away something wasn't right because they all started staring at me. And Tom Shanklin, usual suspect, goes, "All right, Shane, good night, good night last night." And I've known straight away something's not right. And I said, all "Right, spit it out, Shanks. What, what's on your mind?" He goes, "Oh, nothing." I, I just wanted to know if you remembered offer, offering Warren Gatlin up for a fight last night. <laughs> which, for which I didn't, obviously. <laughs> now, uh, Shanks is known for, you know, not only looking very funny, he is quite funny. <laughs> so straight away I thought, oh my God, I can't believe this. And he's deadpan serious. So I jumped out to the hot tub. I sprinted straight up to Warren Gatlin's office. I've knocked the door. Before he's even answered, I've run in and I've gone, Warren, look, I'm really sorry about last night. I've let myself down, I've left the boys down, I've left my family down. I'm, I, you know, I promise I you, it won't happen down. again. And Warren Gatlin's gone, whoa, whoa, Shane, what are you on about? What's wrong? Now, straight away, I thought, oh, Tom Shanklin, you git. <laughs> You've had me a beauty, right? So, but even though I'm gutted, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a bit more relieved. Uh, anyway, me and, me and Gatlin have a nice chat. He sits me down. And about five minutes into the chat, he goes, look, Shane, well, you're going to have to go because we've got a meeting in 10 minutes. I thought, all right, okay, no problem. So he's got up from his side of the desk. I got up from my side of the desk. He puts his arm around me, walks me straight to the door. And he goes, see you later, Shane. Yes, thanks, Warren, thanks. He goes, but Shane, if you call me a fat, useless Kiwi prick again, you'll never play for me. <laughs> so uh, mind my language, but that's what he said. 
So, yes, it was, wasn't the best to start with me and Gats, to be fair, but it was plain sailing after that, I can show you. So that's the camaraderie you missed then? That's, that's the crack, isn't it? That's it is about, the yeah, crack. Yeah. Absolutely the crack. OK, England. So that's one memory of playing England. <laughs> oh, God, there's any more. Uh, are there? No, no. Nothing? You can't on remember honest, anything? No. About playing England, ever? Uh, uh, oh, look, yeah, England's the... Uh, How important as as is it? I it's mean, huge. is that the stereophonic song, as we all know? Yeah. Anyone but the English, <laughs> we don't care. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it is. It's as simple as that, really. I think um, growing up, you know, majority of the games I always remember watching, whether it be you know as a as a youngster in the house or a little bit older in the pub watching it, uh, were always the England games I remember. You know, the Ian Evans try. Um, yeah. Emily was the kick through. I remember that try vividly. Um, in '99, I was in I was in the Cross Keys pub watching Scott Gibbs score that try. <laughs> Uh, you remember? You remember? I, I remember, yeah, because my mate, my mate jumped up as Scott Gibbs scored the try, and there was a, it was a, a coat hanger, uh, not a coat hanger. What do you call it? The hooks coat yeah, hook yeah, yeah, behind. Me. He jumped up and he caught his shoulder and ripped half his shoulder off, <laughs> celebrating uh, Scott Gibbs scoring that try. Um, he couldn't go to hospital or nothing because he had to celebrate, obviously. So uh, <laughs> little things like that. I remember. I remember how big those games were. Yeah. And and obviously when when you, you know, a year less than a year. After that game in Wembley, I'm playing against England in Twickenham. You know, wow. probably 12 months after I've signed from a Division Three West rugby uh, team in 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 Amman. How old were so, you? Uh, I was a late developer, so I was 22. Wow. I was 22 on my first cap, but you know, it's it's just bizarre how things how things happen. Like I say, 99 when when Gibbsy scored that, I was in the Cross Keys pub up to my eyeballs with my hollow legs. And, uh, <laughs> and, and then, before you know it, I'm playing in Twickenham against Austin Healy, which is always an experience. <laughs> so, uh, England, England is massive. There's no bigger game for, not, not for the players, perhaps, yeah. because every time, last Steve, every time we play, we play to win, yeah. whether you're playing against the Irish, the All Blacks, yeah. you know. Um, with England, they were always the, seen as the better team. So it was always that challenge. At that time. At that time. Uh, but, you know, for, for, for Wales, for my nan, for my granddad, for my mum, for my dad, for my brother, for my sister, for all these. Cousin David. That's, is but whoever is Cousin David, whoever, it's always the biggest game. And, you know, we're, as a nation, we're always punching above our weight. So we're always the underdogs, we're always going to be. Really, so it's great to, to have one over on the English. It's fantastic. Are you working Saturday? I'm I'm working so I'm doing commentary on uh, on on Saturday so which is always That's very difficult unbiased commentary yeah it doesn't ITV, quite work right? yeah <laughs> it doesn't quite work when you're calling the team us all the time and we <laughs> us and we always get a row for that one but uh, no I, I look I I love it I love I love the fact I can I can go in and do a bit of commentary now and uh, I'm not a commentator I'm I'm a co-commentator I'm led by people like Eddie Butler and, and people like that who are who are doing the job for me, but what a job to have to, to watch your team play in and talk nonsense about them. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, we look forward to uh, celebratory nonsense yes, from, your, from your lips on Saturday. Yeah, Thank you for the time being. You, you haven't gone yet, by the way. OK. OK, we've got more questions for you. You're Thank you, night. Shane Williams, for Thanks, now. Carol. <laughs> yeah, she's just moved to down Cheers, Shane. OK, so now it, it really is time to move our attention to Saturday and the big match. 
So we are privileged, and I'm sure you're um, totally aware of this, to have two of the Welsh coaching team with us. You know, it's less than 48 hours before the big game, so a huge round of applause, please, and a big cloisel to uh, the boss man, Wayne Pivak, and, of course, Stephen Jones. Here. Stephen there. Thank you. By the way, that's for you, and it's a signed jersey from the current team. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> well, you might like that. Ah! Excuse me, thank you. <laughs> Be professional. <laughs> I shall put it in my hat. Uh, this morning, obviously, both teams announced for Saturday, and um, you've been a Welshie now for how many years, Wayne? Uh, well, it's five and a half, coming up six years. Okay. You know how big it is. We were just talking with Shane mm. about to the country, to all of us, it is a big game. Do you feel that extra pressure? Because obviously it's your first season as Wales head coach. Yeah, well, I guess it's uh, obviously it's got a lot of history. Um, Shane talked about it. You know, you talk to Stephen and the players that have been there and the current players that have played against England. It's a game that they all want to be involved in, obviously. Yeah. Um, coming off a, a loss against France, which we're obviously... We were uh, robbed, by the way. Yeah, that was a penalty try. Well, we thought so as, as well. I was screaming no, at so, the time. So a game like that, you just want, really want to get back out there and have another game, and it just happens to be England. So, you know, for us, it's, it's a big match, and we want to, yeah. you know, the wrongs of, of the French game, we want to set them right and, and yeah. make sure we get a, a good performance. Okay. So four changes. Um, so the Liam's back. Yeah, Liam's Charlotte's back. Boy. Yeah. Rob Evans back. Uh, you, you say the others. You Josh Navidi. I love Josh Navidi. He's my favourite. And Josh Adams. And Reese Patchell, but he's not playing. <laughs> <laughs> what about Ellis is here as well? And Ellis. Yeah. 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 Oh, we love Ellis. We love Ellis. <laughs> so, um, so why those changes? Why those changes, Steve? Well, a couple of players uh, are picked up bumps. Obviously, we lost Josh Adams, uh, unfortunately. Josh, obviously, a world-class uh, finisher, try scorer, he's been on fire yeah. since the World Cup as well, so unfortunately unfortunately, we lost him, but obviously Liam, or Sanjay as we know him, is yeah. back to full fitness, and uh, you know he is such a competitive animal, it's unreal, he, his heart is huge, he's ferocious in everything he does, so it's great to have him available to us, obviously Josh Navidi as well picked up a hamstring injury at the start of the campaign, so yeah. he's been unavailable uh, to us, but now he's back to full health, so uh, he gives us a different dimension in the back row. We've got a referee this week, a guy called Ben O'Keefe from New Zealand, who will give a lot of um, penalties in the contact area, and uh, Josh is exceptional uh, in, the, in the contact area. He's a jackal threat, so uh, yeah. uh, for us, having him available is a no-brainer. No-brainer. So what's it like on the morning, you know, because Eddie Jones... Eddie Jones um, announced a couple of hours before you, didn't he? Did, you know, when he says, oh, this is our team, do you think, oh, well, maybe we'll change ours around a little bit? No, not at all. We're um, obviously focused on what we're doing and making sure that we're building after each game and reviewing our games and looking to, to improve. And, and for us, it was about looking at what's available. Obviously, Steve's touched on some of the injuries and the form of the players and making sure we put out a side that we think they can get the job done. Yeah. Um, but he's an interesting character, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Well, uh, have we got time? Remember, we... <laughs> we've got. This, this is going out there, we. You signed up to it. <laughs> <laughs> got to this yeah. Yeah. We'll take that back. We've got yeah. no stories about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, look, he's a, he is a fantastic coach with a great record. <laughs> I love that. That's in the newspapers, isn't we it? We can't that? wait to have a beer with him afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um. Uh, so, it's a fantastic... So, obviously, you've got Stephen now, Wayne, and uh, the, the most famous water boy in the Welsh coaching team, Sam, water, Sam Warburton, <laughs> when there was a shot... He, he won't appreciate being called the water no, boy. No, no, but there was a shot <laughs> with an H2O on his back. On I know what happened. You know exactly yeah. what I'm talking yeah, about. It was a bigger rule than when we scored a try. And we all yeah. erupted, because yeah, yeah. it was like... Yeah. Martin Williams was disappointed when the camera panned onto him and the crowd didn't react in the same way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, was so, even, he was even more disappointed in the Barbados <laughs> game yeah, yeah. when he was sitting next to the old team manager and they referred them as father and son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you pick it. So you pick in the national side, and obviously you have you know uh, these wonderful men who've been you know who are heroes. Um, in in our game, um, what is this balance? What is it? I heard you say uh, a few weeks ago. Oh, we're looking forward to the World Cup. And I'm thinking, ah, Six Nations. So, what is it? What's this balance that you have to have as, uh, have as head coach of a nation? Look, clearly, the Six Nations is is something that we've targeted, like all teams do. Yeah. And for us, it was about winning or trying to win the Six Nations this year. It wasn't about defending a title because for us coming in as new coaches, a new group with uh, some different players, it was about going out there and winning as opposed to trying to defend anything. Um, at this stage, we've lost two games, so that doesn't look as though that's going to happen. So for us, it's about making sure now that you know some of the things we're doing, we've got an eye to 2023, obviously, yeah. but it's also about improving on each game and making sure that our performance reflects that. Yeah. And so the game against England is, is a huge game for us. We're learning a lot about the players. Um, they're learning a lot about the, the, the new coaching group. And I think we'll only be stronger for this campaign. Um, as painful as it is when you lose games of rugby, no one wants to lose. So um, we're no different from, from Shane's point around the players. When you, you take the field, you just want to win and, and the camaraderie that goes with that. This group is no different. So for us, it's about a, another big challenge on the weekend and we're building ultimately, towards the World Cup in 2023. Yeah, ultimately. Mm. Yeah, got a lot of cheering and singing to do before then. <laughs> now, um, we were talking to Shane, lovely Shane, about the camaraderie. Stephen, <laughs> it's your turn now. So there's something about a sheep in a room. Okay, now there's yeah. a lot of Welsh people <laughs> in this room. <laughs> there's something about... Now, I was told it was in your room. Incorrect. Okay. Definitely incorrect. So what might be correct? And you're called the Count, is that right? Yeah, I am yeah. called the Count. From Sesame you're going, Street. Yes, yes. You're going back a long time now. Surely most people have a, being Welsh have a story about the sheep, do they not? We all, I love, I am the sheep whisperer. Right, I think this is what you're referring to. <laughs> I hope it's correct. This is the particular one I'm referring yeah. to, is that right? You've got some good information on myself and Shane. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's leaked. I've done <laughs> right. my research. Yeah, so I think you're going back to 2007. Uh, maybe. While we had a World Cup campaign in France. Uh, yeah, yes. in Nantes. Uh, and we were outside Nantes. You're in, in the right country. Uh, 
<laughs> the movie just outside Nantes. And the trouble is, when you spend a lot of time together as players, sometimes people have a bit of aggro against each other. And we haven't spent a lot of time together. Mark Jones and Dwayne Peel had a sort of hate-hate relationship. <laughs> and the hotel we were staying in had about six or seven sheep that they used to use to keep the grass down. So, Dwayne Peel was away from his room. Mark Jones, being a farmer from Bilthwells, yeah. decided to grab one of these sheep and march it, well, carry it towards Dwayne's room. But he obviously picked the lead sheep up, so the others started to follow. <laughs> so he's walking now. And thankfully, the, uh, the, the guy, the groundsman there, whoever was in charge, managed to stop the other sheep going in. But he managed to get away with one, and he put it in Dwayne's room, for which he locked it in there for several hours. So, yeah. So obviously, Dwayne had his kit in there, you know, everything, supplements and what have you. So the sheep made a bit of a mess of the room. So I think that's what you're referring to. <laughs> but I was just on lookout. Oh. I was the one who put the sheep in the room. Yeah. 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 I was delighted with what happened, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's correct. Hands are clean. Yeah. Hands are clean. Yeah. 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 Uh, now then, I just want to take you back. Your first cap. Tell us about that game. Yes. Okay. No, but it's, it's like a positive thing. Well, it is a positive. It because you go on to be. Because as Shane mentioned great. earlier, having your first cap is a wonderful experience. And it was for me, in a sense, it was a massive honour and I loved the whole occasion. The only problem was, was that I got my cap in 98 when probably about 25 of the best players in Wales had pulled out of a summer tour to Zimbabwe and South Africa with various injuries and what have you. I got called up to this tour. Yeah. We were playing South Africa who were in their pomp. Yeah. Now what happened, I was on the bench for this game. So what happened, we were playing Loftus first felt against South Africa and we started the game and we were winning 3-0. <coughs> and a little bit of Welsh arrogance crept into our game and we <laughs> ended up losing the game something like 98 points to 13. 13, yeah. So yeah. that was my first cap. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was the biggest loss in Welsh history. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but a very proud moment. Yeah. <laughs> very yeah. proud. For your mum and your yeah. dad. Yeah. So proud. I was happy. Yeah. So proud. Yeah. Sang yeah. the anthem beautifully. It was wonderful. But the point really is right, where's the point? that you, go, yeah. you went on, you, you then went oh. on you know, to be one of our most successful players ever. You won over 100 caps and, uh, and it's fantastic. So when you're coaching, and this is the key really, so you say, you know, we've had two tiny losses. Um, what is it that you then say to the boys to kind of spur them on, you know, to say, no, you, you, you can be champions, you can win? So if you take me back to my debrief against yeah. France, it's very easy because you relate to past experiences. Yeah. So I said to the guys, the reason we lost the game is because what Shane Williams did on his first cap when he gave a meal. <laughs> he's, he's passed that ability to read passes on to his son. So that was my debrief covered. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm only joking, yeah. What do you say to the yeah. point? Well, it was an interesting game because reviewing it, you know, after a game, straight away you're full of emotion and you've got to deal with the media and that sort of thing. And you want to say certain things, but you've got to be very careful what you say. You, you review the game and then you look at it, and quite often it's not as bad as you first think. That game, across the board, apart from the scoreboard, we pretty much dominated most areas of the game. Certainly it was a, a massive step up for us uh, from the performance against Ireland. Um, we asked for a lot more aggression. 
Um, we wanted more line speed and defence. We wanted less separation at the breakdown so that we could get more continuity. Um, you know, Steve's side of the game attack, I think we got seven or eight clean line breaks, but we didn't convert. So the opportunities that we created... Um, we you were didn't... happy with those? Yeah, yeah. So we yeah. played a lot of good rugby, but ultimately um, there were big moments in games, and the big moments in that game didn't go our way. So we look at ourselves internally first and foremost and see how we, how we can improve. And clearly the next opportunity is, is Saturday, and we, yeah. we certainly want to improve in that area of the game as well as other areas of the game. Okay. One final question before I'm going to uh, offer the questions out to the audience. Do you have favourite players? <laughs> I mean, being Scarlett's coach and all that. Some of the players think they're favourites. Uh, <laughs> like um, Sanjay's a, an interesting character. Liam Williams, you know, there's not yeah. many people that don't like Liam. It's um, lovely. Unless it's after midnight and he's wearing a Santa outfit <laughs> and you're in McDonald's, but that's another story for another time. Um, no, you know, there are plenty of players that, um, for various reasons, you know, you might think that they're a very great, a very good guy, you know, a lot of good banter. Um, but look, in all honesty, um, it doesn't matter what you think of the guys in terms of uh, their personalities. At the end of the day, it, it's what they bring to the team, their abilities on the field, and obviously in the, in the team environment. Um, and we're very, very fortunate with the group we've got at the moment. Um, we've got a very good vibe going through the team, we think, and uh, a lot of guys there that are putting their hands up and want to learn and want to improve their games and are working very, very hard. So, yeah, it's around, uh, uh, skirting around it a bit, really, but um, there, there's some real characters, and I like characters. I wouldn't yeah. want a bunch of robots, to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we encourage the guys to, to have a bit of fun, but when it's time to cross that line and, and work hard, they, they roll their sleeves up and work hard. So you hide the sheep, then, is that right? Yeah, look, if, if, if the odd sheep turned up these days, I don't know if we'd get away with it with the cell phones and things, but um, yeah, it wouldn't come out years later, I can yeah. tell you that much. Yeah. All right, and if you don't mind, gentlemen, all of, all of you, uh, I'd like to now throw it open to the audience. Who would like to ask the first question? I've got microphones uh, around. Uh, this gentleman over here. Could you stand up, sir, and say who you are and blah, blah? Uh, my name is Mr Campbell, waiting for Shane Williams, or Stephen. Who's the stupidest player you've ever played with, and why? Played with? <laughs> my, my, my taxi's booked at half ten, and that was for everybody we played That's with. That's enough. We played with a lot of characters, haven't we, Shane? That's probably the most polite way of putting it. You know the answer, Shane, and you're not... I know what you're thinking, Shane, yeah. We can't do it with We can't do it with Is it Andy Powell? Is it Andy Powell? Well, look, Lima. He's answered Yeah, yeah. He knew the answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're both going to that. OK, next question. Oh, here, so could you stand up and then we can all see? Uh, yeah, uh, John Rees, my name. Uh, I'm just wondering why you didn't give Rees Samet a run out for the Italy game. Louis Rees Samet. Yeah, um, probably be a double whammy here. Steve will probably have something to say as well. But Lewis is, uh, is going to be a very, very good player. He's 18 years of age. Um, he's scoring tries for fun in the Premiership, or has been. Uh, so he's got genuine gas. He can beat players. But there's a game without the ball as well, and he's got a lot of learning to do. He's learnt a lot in the camp. We selected him with a view of getting him in 
uh, to meet him, to bring him in, let him step up into the environment, see what he had to learn. Um, and I think he's the first to admit that he's learnt a hell of a lot in the last few weeks. Um, so you've got 38 players we selected, and they're not all going to play for various reasons. Um, and at the moment, he hasn't played. We've still got uh, a game against Scotland. We need to see how we go in this particular game. Um, and as an exile player, he's been popping backwards and forwards, so that, that hasn't helped. But certainly we've learnt a lot about him. He's learnt a lot about the environment. He's learnt a lot about the level that he needs to get to and the areas of his game that he needs to work on. He's definitely not the finished product, but he is an excitement machine, and I think he's got a big future in the game. Yeah, no, I like, obviously we've been tracking him for a while, OK? Yeah. So we're fully aware of the amount of tries he's been scoring for Gloucester, but we, we've been watching his all-round performance. And as Wayne said, he is a huge talent. Now, his last game before he came into camp, he was playing against Toulouse away, and he injured his ankle. And regarding us being able to see him in our environment, against your Josh Adams, against your George Norse, against your John McNichol, he was hindered because he picked up this injury. And obviously, being an exile, and he has to go back to be uh, play for Gloucester. So what we got to saw uh, on the training paddock was very, very limited against our guys. Don't forget, in our environment, we got top try scorer uh, in, in the World Cup. We got George North, Test Lion, John McNichol, super uh, winner, do you know I mean? League winner, do you know I mean? We have got elite, elite wingers. So he's in a highly competitive position, but we are fully aware of his talent and we are excited by his talent. Yeah. But he's got work to do as well, which is great. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Thank you for that question. Uh, thank you. Uh, next question. Please. Panel? Yes, so um, thank you. I'm the imposter in the room, so forgive Whoa. me. Are there any other English here? Yay. One or two, okay. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. We'll talk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, I'd actually took my kids once down Big Pit, um, a 12-year-old lad and all the Welsh miners, and he was wearing an English shirt. The Welsh yeah, miners, yeah, they didn't like it very much. Anyway. But, you know, when you watch Wales play, there's just so much passion and there's so much energy and everyone's so alive. And then you watch England play, not quite so much energy and passion. What is it that Wales gets so right in that energy and just excitement and community that English, I, think, I just have to say, I think they get wrong. What is the difference? That's a kind question. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. What's your name? Ed. Ed. Thank you, Ed. Uh, who'd like to answer? <laughs> <laughs> Can you just, do you just notice there? Just to, to, just to notice, I didn't give my surname there. Um, <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually negotiating with the Welsh government for a very generous grant for our business. No, I'm very seriously. So thank you very much for the hospital. Yeah, no, we're good, we're good. So just Ed is all you need to know. Well, I'm going to go to you, Shane. I don't know, I think we, you know, from as long, as long as I can remember, we have been passionate about one thing more than anything else, and that is rugby. Um, you know, for me, I think it's come from the rugby that was played in the 70s, you know, uh, legends of the game, Gerald Davis, uh, obviously Garth Edwards, JPR, uh, these guys by John, who are still legends in the game, um, so they say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you, you know, so as, as far as that, you know, as for me personally, it's always been rugby. And, and I, I think I mentioned earlier, we've always, yeah, exactly. you know, um, boxed above our weight, uh, battered above our average. And because we've found that we're good about something, we've become very passionate about it. 
and uh, we take it very seriously. We take it to heart. So when we, you know, when we do play in World Cups or Six Nations, we always give it our all because it is rugby is it's Wales. It, it yeah. is Wales. Yeah. You know, when Wales lose on the weekend, the country goes into meltdown. Uh, we win Grand Slams. You know, the Go economy to. changes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, and that's how it's always been. And <laughs> and you know, we take it very seriously. You know. Um, a very fickle nation as well, and uh, but that's that's how it's always been as far as I'm concerned. And when we do play, we always we always give it a hundred percent. I think someone who epitomises a Welsh rugby player for me is Alan Wynne Jones. Yeah. Um, I remember playing with Alan Wynne Jones when he was coming through, an absolute nightmare in training. <laughs> he would play with the same ferocity and mm. and, and kind of effort as in uh, train sorry with, with the same ferocity as he would as if he was playing England. That's how much it meant to him. And I've seen nothing like it, but that epitomises Welsh rugby to me, really. Someone like Arlen Wynn and, and someone who's a, a born winner that doesn't like to lose. You know, if it's, if it's passion, you want to see, you want to see that guy. So it's, it's just something that's, that's always been bred into us, I think. And, uh, you know, sometimes we've we got more passion than, uh, than anything else and it doesn't quite work. But, you know, we all, always give our all, and that's for sure. That, that's certainly true. And Stephen, can I ask you, because you're saying sometimes it, it doesn't work, obviously, but do you think uh, uh, that an, a Welsh player plays more for their country than perhaps, just going back to your question, lovely Ed, thank you, um, than perhaps someone in England plays more as a, oh, I'm a professional rugby player and I'm playing because I want, I want to be the best. Because you're a coach now, what do you see in the squad? Well, in, so what's your question in the sense that... So the, so the question really is, is it more... Because, you know, let's say you're playing for Wasps, you coach at Wasps, and you're sort of playing for yourself and the team. But when you play for your nation and in Wales, you're playing for something more... Playing for your mum and your time. Yeah, your play, playing for your country you is unbelievable. It, it's, it's a massive honour... It's what you dream of, isn't it? And yeah. to have that opportunity is something very, very special. I think if you look at our players now, what they went through last season, I think they had yeah. 17 international tests. You know, it's hard, hard rugby, you know, where they physically get beaten up and, and broken a lot, a lot of them. So if you're expecting those guys to transfer the same mentality and the same performances to their regions over... Yeah you know, 10 or 15 games, it is going to be very, very hard for them, especially, you know, if they play Champions Cup and then they play derbies and then they play various other games. It, it is hard because, you know, mentally and physically, you can only give so much. And you look at what the boys did last year with, you know, um, Six Nations, winning the Six Nations, you know, four tests before the World Cup, England twice, Ireland <coughs> twice, then the World Cup, then we have the Barbas game and now those boys are coming into us for Six Nations. And we're finishing off the season, mind, in... Uh, with a, a test against Japan and two tests against New Zealand. So th those boys have done a huge amount of rugby. So to, to sustain that um, level of performance is very, very hard for those guys. Yeah. Um, and to perform at the same level for your region week in, week out is a challenge. I think the best ones do, and maybe some of the younger guys have got, got to learn a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and so you two tests with New Zealand? Yes. Yeah. Yes. How do you feel about that? Because you're a passionate man. You, you love look, your own country. It's it's like anything. Um, you pull on a jersey or you take the reins of a of a, of a group 
and you throw your heart and soul into it. I, I've lived in West Wales for five years, moved to the to the east, um, just St Hilary, just out of Cowbridge, um, and now you know, for me, I've lived and breathed Welsh rugby for that period of time. Um, Going down to New Zealand, I know what the challenge is going to be like. It's going to be very, very difficult. These boys have played against the All Blacks several times. Uh, it's not going to be an easy task, but for us, it's going to be a great opportunity to challenge ourselves against, like England on the weekend, another top three team, uh, one of the top three teams in the world in their backyard. So it doesn't get any tougher than that. And for us, it's a, it's a, a yard, it's like a measuring stick really on, on where we're at at the current time and where we need to get to for the next World Cup. So we're going to look forward to it. For me, if we could be the first Welsh team, correct me if I'm wrong, to win in New Zealand, uh, that would be the best thing that could happen to me. Um, wow. I, I, would, I would love that more than in our house. Um, you know, I coached Fiji in sevens and fifteens, and we were lucky enough to beat New Zealand in the final of a World Cup sevens. Where was that? Where was that? Hong Kong, oh. and uh, that was a pretty good night too. How long have we got? We've <laughs> <laughs> um, got time. No, but um, so you know, when, when you're representing a team, you put everything into it, and it doesn't matter where you're from. At the end of the day, for me personally, it's uh, it's Wales, and, and we'll do everything we can to get the team to win. That's fantastic to hear. Thank you, Mr. Fi one final question, anybody? Lady here. And Harad. Thank you, Diolch. I'm Angharad. I'm the chair of BAFTA Cymru. Good luck to you on Saturday. Thank you. Uh, but my question isn't for you. It's actually for Joanna. Uh, one of the most important things we do uh, in BAFTA is to try to get young people into the business, into film and television. It can be really difficult. And uh, I did read that uh, you kept all your rejection letters when you were young and how incredibly difficult it had been for you. So was there one thing, a mentor maybe, or an event that turned things around, that really sparked things for you and started you off in your career? Because I'm a huge fan of yours. Do you mean at the beginning or do you mean... Uh... Yes, at the beginning. Something that young kids might want to hear that we can take back to them and say, well, look, you know, you can have one person maybe or something that will happen that will change your life. You have to look, I think we all know the answer to our life story if you just listen to it. And in my case, what that meant was that I, I knew I wanted to, that, that I was just like, I had to do it. I had to, to, to perform. I had to be there making, making drama, making stories being characters and everything around me said no you can't do that there were lots of things that said no it's not going to work it you know you're just up against it up against it up against it and the thing that made a difference was just listening to myself was saying well I've got to I've got to give everything up in order to do the one thing that I know is my path and I think in the end you've got to look inside yourself and, and use that as your motivation. And then, and then, funnily enough, the whole world changes and everybody wants to help you and everything, you know, everybody <laughs> wants to support you and everybody's on your side. But it's, it's, it's like a, it's a, I mean, anybody who is a, you know, who, who plays or does whatever, they must have had that moment when you say to yourself, I, I can't do anything else, I've got to do this. And... There's only you that can get up and make that happen. Okay, and then so everyone will come with you. Thank you, Anna.
So, mine was Mr. Shrotri uh, Palmer Parry. It was my maths teacher. Oh. He was a Welsh nationalist, and I loved him to bits. <laughs> I still do. And uh, uh, in Wales, obviously, in North Wales. So, I'm going to go down the line. I'm going to start with you, Joanna. Prediction for Saturday score, please. Because <laughs> I'm a nice woman. Just say a number. What was that, what was that one you mentioned before? Uh, 96.13. Yeah, let's reverse it. To us. Yeah, I'll take <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a dream come true. Yeah. Shame. Uh, While you're on ITV talking about we and us too often. Us, us yeah. and we, I think we will, I think we win. I, I, I never bet against us. Um, still got, even though I'm meant to be sat on the, on the, uh, on the fence, as they say. I'm always going to go for Wales. I'm never going to back, uh, back, especially England. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to go Wales by six points. Wales by six. Yes, yes. I know it's unfair, Stephen, but this is. That's easy. Yeah, twenty-five seventeen to us, obviously. Twenty. Stephen was outstanding. Put this on now. Oh, yes. This I am wearing to the Scotland game. I'm telling that for nothing. This is my mad tap outfit for the Scotland game. Wayne, what's the score on Saturday? Yeah. <laughs> or rather, as mad tap. Wayne! What's the score on Saturday? <laughs> what's it going to be? I'm, I'm in Joanna's um, court, and there 13. it is. No, 96. no, 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 no. That would be a dream come true. Um, no, but it's about it's about believing and self belief, and the team believes that they can do it. We've worked very, very hard, and, and they do believe. And I think there's a very good performance about to come out on Saturday. So I'm very confident that we'll go well and uh, we'll get a win. Yes, yes. this is what we want to hear. So, Rapida. Steve Obsize. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and thank you very much, uh, Joanna Scanlon, obviously, Shane Williams, Stephen Jones, and Wayne Pippas, and all the rest of them. See you all from Baldian. Thank you.